0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Catfish Corner. I'm Tommy Dees, Sports Director for the Tennessean and Tennessean.com, and you are? I am still Paul Scarvina still the Predators
1: beat writer for the Tennessean.
0: And we're here to talk about the Predators as they go into the 2019-20 season. Paul, I know you're sad to see the um, training camp almost coming to an end as we tape this.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really upset about it. You know, it's been a long, long summer, and then you know this training camp is just not. It's it's actually training camp's been fine. I've been looking forward to you know I got out some Titan stuff and did some sound stuff and some other things. But you know I've been kind of it's been a long five months since we've uh, talked some hockey.
0: I know, and it's been a hot five months, uh, and it's not hot inside the arena.
1: No, which is nice. I you know, the, the hundred degree days outside of Titans practice, I was not sad to be going inside to inside an arena where it's about fifty four degrees every morning. So
0: bring your sweaters, people.
1: The uh yeah, so you know, look, we got one more preseason game to go when we As record we speak, this. Yes. And um they open up up Thursday against the wild. Um, you know, not a whole lot of new faces, but some important things happen. Obviously, PK's traded, Matthew Shane comes over. Um they get a new power play coach, um, you know. But other than that, not a lot is different. Now, that's not to say that the differences aren't significant or could be significant. Um, and uh, the obvious one is is Matt Duchesne. Um, you know.
0: And, l- and he's a guy. Let me interject that. It, about time, I guess. It's like these these two have had a courtship for a long, long time. Nashville wanted him. He wanted to come here, and finally, it happened. Yeah, they've been flirting for a while. He was
1: actually involved in the trade, that, the three way trade that brought Kyle Turris to Nashville, um, and they made no secret. Neither side has made it a secret that they'd like to to unite, and now, and so now they have. Um, you know, as far as preseason goes, I mean, I don't put a lot of stock into it, but Duchesne's looked really, really good um, centering the second line. Uh, given should provide them some some scoring depth I mean everything they did this offseason was geared toward offense <clears throat> they struggled offensively last season um, especially in the playoffs If feel like Duchesne is a you know kind of a dynamic playmaker they can play him probably in the second line he'll center the second line probably with Granlin and and some s- could be tourists it could be Craig Smith it could be it you know it could be a, a host of people but um, he's going to be the anchor there, uh, more than likely, and um, you know he's a little bit different of a player than, than Ryan Johansson. He's a little bit more of a scorer um, than, than Ryan is, but it, it does give them the depth at that position that they that they really want. And they're really hoping for Kyle Turris to kind of bounce back. They've been playing him on the wing um, on the top line with with Victor Arvidsson and Ryan Johansson, moving Forsberg down to the second line. So if that line sticks. And that's, that could be two really, really good lines and makes a lot of sense to try to rejuvenate tourists after an awful, awful year last year. That um, also, to be fair, was had some, he had some injury issues. Um, you know, he was a healthy scratch a couple of times, all that stuff we've talked about and, and is kind of in the past for them and, and they're looking to, to kind of keep it there. But yeah, I mean, they've looked, you know, um, with, with PK being gone, the, the other big question on defense is. How how will Dante Fabro step into that role? Um, how no, that's, long? that's
0: a rookie replacing a guy who's been an all star and played at an all star level
1: and, and a Norris <laughs> Trophy winner. Yeah, I right. mean, so it's a lot to to ask. I don't. They're not expecting him to be PK Subban. They're going to keep a close eye on Dante, um, but they did lose a little bit of depth, you know, defensively. But that's where they could afford to lose it to get what they needed on offense. So I think you know the move made a lot of sense. Um, and and I think you know. If Taurus is not a top six player, he's going to be. It's going to be another wasted year for him. So he has to, and and he's not going to be a top six center because obviously they've got Duchesne and, and Johansson there. So he's going to have to make his hay on the wing, and
0: and that's not where he's been before, right?
1: It's not. He, in fact, he didn't remember the last time he played the you know wing
0: regularly uh, when we asked him. But you know, but he can't be a third line center and. and you be the the team you want to be, right? I I
1: mean, not no. I mean, it's just there's too team much. They want to be, there, yeah. And there's too much depth. You don't want to pay your third line center six million dollars a year, and and you know, there's a lot of other things involved with it. But um, you know, at the end of the day, I think the whole uh, the whole objective here is to get Kyle Turris going again. And it's not, look, it's a different view on the ice. It's some different different things he has to do. Little you know, minute parts of the details of the game that he just has to get down and get used to, to doing. Um, but when you when you're playing with Victor Arvidsson and Ryan Johansson, um, you know those guys make the players around them better, especially Ryan Johansson. So Kyle could very much benefit from you know ha- playing with those guys, or even on the second line with with a Granlund and a Duchesne.
0: And and you, we may be seeing a new front line, first line, um, something that kind of has been a staple here. Is you, they could be breaking up the band.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and I Joe Falon, I've asked yeah, and I've asked Peter about that. I asked him about that last year, and he he's, he's used the word reluctant. And I asked him if he was a little less reluctant this year to do that. And, and of course, he said, yeah, because, you know, they have a little bit more depth now. They thought they had that when they acquired tourists. Um, but you can't have all your offense come from, from one line. I mean, you have to be able to, you know, for, look for years. Patrick Kane played on the second line for the Blackhawks, and they split him and Jonathan Taves up. He turned out okay. And, and, yeah, I mean, you know, so it's not like being on the second line is a bad thing. It's, it's you know. And,
0: and your even, ice time doesn't really, I mean, you know, you're talking about two, three seconds of right, that. You might right. even have more time some games.
1: Right, and that, I mean, where, where that stuff really starts falling off is, you know, between the third and fourth line. I mean, if you're stuck on the fourth line right. where Taurus was kind of, you know, Demoted. shoot away to, to yeah. you know, toward the end of last year. Um that's where you really, it starts affecting confidence. It starts, I mean, your whole role is just different and you can't, look, you can't pay a guy $6 million to play on the fourth line. I mean, it's just, that's not, that's not a long-term solution. So, you know, look, I, th- I think the, the the other thing that that is going to be interesting is the central division. I mean, the blues, you know, just keep getting better and Colorado is going to be really, really good. And the Blackhawks should be improved. And, you know, Dallas beat the, the Predators in the playoffs, you know, last season. Winnipeg's
0: in there somewhere, right? Yeah, and Winnipeg are they, is are they still in the division? They are and they're Are and they, they in the
1: Norris now? They're in the <laughs> there there's 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 an expected fall off for them. Um Dustin Bufflin is um at least as of as we record this, um is on a personal leave of absence, hasn't reported to camp. He's one of their you know, better players. They've they've lost a lot. Um <laughs> I think their window might be closing, but you never know in the NHL. But yeah, I mean, that division is probably, I, I, I would say it's safe to say it's going to be by far the toughest division from top to bottom. So, so, you know, it's important for the Predators to be able to kind of keep up with the Joneses, I guess, if you will, because otherwise they'll get passed by them. And, and uh, you know, they won two division titles in a row. That's resulted in a second round and a first round playoff exit. Um, so I think if they can stay competitive, I mean, they'll make the playoffs. I have no doubt about that. I mean, you know, they're, you're going to see um, the competition will be stiff, and they, wanna, they went out and they got, did what they thought they needed to do to fill a hole in the roster. Um, will they miss P.K. Subban? Absolutely. I, I don't know how you don't miss a player like that.
0: You, you kind of traded Subban for, for Duchesne, I mean, the money wise is what that's what they did. They had to clear that space on the cap to be able to to sign Duchesne, right?
1: They do, and and David Poyle's really unc- they're they're right up against the cap. You know, they've got some they have a lot of unrestricted free agents next year, um, so David Poyle's going to have a uh, his hands full. Um, you know, this season and, and I've been doing math season.
0: today, and it's no fun. I bet he does that every day.
1: Yeah, and he might have people help him do that
0: too. I wonder if one of them, one of them's not busy, if they could come help me?
1: They maybe they could, maybe they could. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, well,
0: that's not all. Of, all that's new about these predators. Um, there's, there's a new look at, at Bridgestone Arena.
1: Yeah, there. Well, of course they signed that long term agreement uh, with Bridgestone. It came here through like two thousand five hundred or whatever year it was. Um,
0: Sc- they basically took over the arena yeah they're, they're
1: gonna yeah they'll be financially responsible for you know keeping it modern and updating and, and the first one of the first things they did will be one of the most and, and if you've been to a game you've seen it already um it will be a, a very visible uh, cosmetic change and that's the scoreboard um which has been still they're still working out some kinks with it but it'll i mean it, they've been using it the whole preseason. it's um it's it's incredibly large not the biggest in the league sean sean henry told me that that wasn't the that wasn't necessarily objective uh to be the biggest because tomorrow you won't be mm-hmm. but um it does uh you know they put an improved they put a new sound system i think last season um coupled with this new scoreboard which is i don't even know what the, i can't remember the dimensions of it but it's it takes seems like it takes up half the ice i mean it is it goes from blue line to blue line um
0: Far, it's, l- significantly larger than before i
1: think it's yeah three or four hundred percent bigger than the other than,
0: than the other one but uh want pretty g- put scores up on that from other games do they actually tell you what the teams are do you have to know what the logos look like because that was my pet peeve before because quite frankly moving into an nhl mar- market i didn't know all the logos well, and I- i'm not sure i recognize them Right now, I don't know because I don't think they've been doing out of town scores during the preseason.
1: But um, I haven't seen that it's a mystery aspect of it yet. But we'll, we'll 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 find out, and I'll let them know your your uh, concerns.
0: How does the music sound?
1: It's I'm I'm not I like loud music. I don't mind when my, if my table's shaking, and, and uh, I'm not a get off my lawn guy yet. Um, so I kind and I always. It's funny. I was talking to to a couple of the players since PK left. He was kind of the clubhouse. DJ And I was asking, I I don't remember who it was, who the new DJ was. And they said, it's kind of a team effort. But I always, whenever I go to games at different arenas or in different locker rooms, I always um, have my ears open to what kind of music they're listening to. Because I'm always looking for new things to listen to. I'm not, I don't get out much so like this is my club right like i go in there and i'm like oh i hear a song i like and i go look it up and i put it on my itunes and, and i
0: learn. are they know, still doing that bobby rude marilyn manson mashup uh starting the third period because i'm I, interested that's a weird mashup no that you know what glorious they, I, and, and Mar- um, marilyn manson
1: no i've not heard not heard that but they've been doing uh they've been experimenting with some different different power play uh songs um so speaking of which
0: yeah what a segue that was I mean, you know the the power play songs. We could we could make a good list of power play songs for last year, but they would all be very depressing.
1: Yeah, they yeah they
0: <laughs> like funeral dirges and things.
1: Well, this year, so far, and it's only been looked at. So they have so their power play one is going to be, and I'm pretty certain of this. It's going to be Forsberg, Johansson, Arvidsson, Roman Yossi, and Matt Shane. That's going to be their power play one, and and those guys I know they spent. Uh, at least they had, I think there's only five of the, those five and maybe a stand in goalie um, have having pure, I think if there's 60 or 90 minute purely power play, just those five guys practices, w- which we didn't see. Um, I saw Ryan Johansson a couple of days afterward and he looked like somebody just beat him up because he was that tight. I mean, it was exhausting. They've been putting in a lot of time together. Um, just on that, away from regular practice. Those guys didn't play in the first couple of preseason games so that they could just focus on, on that. And then the first game they did play together on a Saturday night, granted it was against an AHL, you know, Tampa's AHL team, but... Um they I think they had three power might have had three power play goals. And I think they've had power play
0: goals in every... That's more than all last season combined, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well. It seems like they didn't get any in the postseason, did they?
1: No, they had none. They were thinking over fifteen in the in the in the post. But you know it, it's so hard to gauge. I mean, this is all just rehearsal. This is all just, you know, the, the preseason games, you're playing against other teams prospect you know, you're not playing against their best. Players are best goalies, or but the whole idea is to get those guys time together on the ice to get them used to playing with each other, and they seem to have taken to each other really quickly. Um, they can't finish any worse than they did last year. Um, Ryan Ellis was talking about the power play, and he, he yesterday I think it was after last night's game, and he said a realistic goal is like because we like to go to the middle of the pack. If we go to the middle of the pack, that means we went up fifteen, sixteen spots, you know, and that would be. That would win us. A, they still won the division last year and had the worst power play in the in the league. Um, if they have an improved power play, then that you know that only bodes well for winning more games. Um, I think you know. increase it, of course, they like to shoot higher than that, but you know, if they if they can even be media, if they can even be average. Um,
0: and, and uh, average would have been really <laughs> significantly be really better than last year they were they were right near or right at the bottom yeah i mean it was just uh, there's no other way, to, other way to put
1: it it's bad and i you know as, as much as as tired as they are of talking about it, it as tired as i am of talking about it and and so i kind of you know look it's it's over with it was kind of i think it was kind of an it was definitely an anomaly in terms of the talent they had on that power play i think it was just a the old, I mean, it was a confidence thing. And once they started going bad, they just, it was, they, they were dreading, they were dreading it. They were, one player told me, you know, like sometimes we, there was a points last season where it felt like we just wanted to decline the penalty. Like we didn't even it want it. It would have been better off. And, and that's for, they can say that now. Of course, they were never going to say that then, but, but, you know, everybody kind of knew that. But that that just goes to show you how much, you know, a confidence can go. i'll just
0: co-commit a penalty so you're both <laughs> shorthanded.
1: Right. Yeah, just, yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, but, yeah, they. you know, it's only going to get better, um, how much better. But, you know, what, there could be something else that comes along that is another issue. I mean, yeah. injuries in the power play are the big stories last year. You know, there'll probably be another big story this year in terms of recurring theme. I mean, it just happens most years, so... Um, but as far as that one goes i don't i don't foresee that being any worse than it was last year how about that i'll go out on
0: that limb okay well let's uh talk briefly about just uh as as they go into the season what are what are kind of three things that you're going to have your eye on for the first uh let's say month of the season what are what are you looking to see well i'm
1: interested to to see first of all um their, their scoring depth can they you know, when when they settle on with their lines, um, which always change anyway, but when they settle on in pretty regular lines, I want to. I really am interested to see if they can score consistently. I mean, they have so many streaky players. Philip Forsberg is is a dynamic player, an awesome player, has potential to be a top player in the NHL, but he's sometimes streaky. Sometimes he disappears. Um, I think maybe moving him down to that second line could help him with Grandlin and Duchesne. Um, of course, everybody's going to be watching Duchesne. You know, I'm not even going to include that on the list, but. Um, I'm also interested to see I'm gonna be watching Dante Favreau really closely because I think you know he was thrown into it last year he played four regular season games then he went into the playoffs didn't have probably didn't even have time to think right now he's had all summer to think and also now I asked him about his reaction when PK was traded and the first thing he did was get on the phone with his dad and like they talk things over like he now he's thinking right and that can be a dangerous thing um he's still a rookie he's still 21 years old um so, and not just how he plays, but how they react to how he plays. He's going to make mistakes.
0: Um, I mean, he, had a, he gave up a big, ugly goal on his first game his first, last year. And he's going to do it that, again. And that's what rookies do. That's how you learn.
1: That's It's going to happen again. It's going to happen more than once. It's going to be over the course of a whole season. How long will they stick with him? How closely will they watch him? How short of, or long of a leash will he have? Because, look, they, I mean, they, you're probably going to see Yossi and Ellis playing together on the, you know, the top pair. Then you're, you're going to see Akholm and Fabbro, Um and then it really falls off from there. Ham Hughes is going to be, a, you know, he's he, he's he's serviceable. He's fine. He's, he's also older and, and been around a while. And, is, you know, who he plays, whether it's Matt Irwin or Steven Santini or, you know, Tenorti or who, whoever it may be, um, that's where they're going to kind of – it's going to be interesting to see. Can Fabril learn, continue that to learn with the fire under his rear end? Or will he have to – they have to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and back off. I think we'll probably see that anyway over the course of the season. But that's really, to me, one of the more intriguing things. That's going to be that's going to be very integral in the importance of how whether or not they're how they succeed. Um, they're so used to just having reliable guys there
0: that they haven't even thought about it. You can take you could take it for granted to to a certain degree. Although PK did miss some time last year, and and, and I don't think. That was really. They didn't fare well during some of that time, but it wasn't all that.
1: No, it was. I mean, there, that was a whole combination of different. There interviews. were other
0: guys out at the same time. Yeah.
1: But um, and the, another thing that'll be interesting to watch, and I think it's pretty predictable, but it's still always interesting to me, is is how do you? So Pekka is a is a legend in these parts, and and he's earned that. He's been here for a long time, um, and 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 thus this year begins another year of kind of phasing him out. Now he's not not to say. I mean, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be. Starting every playoff game, more than likely, unless barring injury or whatever, we
0: shall see. But just a continued could easily be his last year as the starter, though. It, it, it that's Most what likely I'm in, will.
1: That's what I'm interested to see. Is is you know, you see's definitely going to start more games. I think he started 26 or 27 last year. I bet he starts 30 or, or more this year. Um, kind of how the, the the transition continues and how to how to continue to sustain success while while this is going on because it's not. Always an easy, and this has been an ongoing, never-ending transition. That look more than likely after the 2020-21 season is going to be over, and it's going to be UC's job. Um, but how they bring him along this year, I'm really interested to see. I think you know they put him in tough spots, challenging spots last season. Um, and wh- what's that next step going to be? That's kind of you know, and, and how they and how they start the season, I think that's going to be important. They had a great start last year, and kind of we mediocre, very, very much the definition of mediocre. The rest of the way after the first twenty twenty, yeah, about games. a five hundred
0: hockey team, win a couple, lose a couple, kind of thing. Which,
1: under the circumstances, not bad. Still managed to win a division. Still managed to you know do a lot of things. Um, but will they be
0: hoisting a banner? Uh,
1: I I would almost guarantee you they'll be hoisting a banner on opening night because they they like to celebrate those occasions, and other
0: people like to poke fun at them for, it. and they, they they like to poke some fun at them people. Themselves. Those some of those fans of. Some of those people who poke fun at them are fans of teams who have regular season banners in their own arenas. I started looking around last year
1: after all that debacle, and I noticed in numerous arenas the same sort of banners. I don't know if they celebrate them the same. I'm not there to, you know, the Predators kind of make a big deal about it, but you know, I, to their each history
0: their own. is such that they probably should because it took them a long time to get to where they're in the the upper crust of the NHL and. This season really is all about whether they're on the decline, if that window's closing, or whether they can can climb through that window and and cash in and win a cup, or whether they transition in a way where they can sustain.
1: And I think that's in the salary cap era. That's that's almost impossible to sustain. I mean, so the, the window once the window closes, usually with a, with a couple exceptions, but usually you're you you have to be good at starting over you have to be good at having and what the predators don't have that a lot of teams that have managed to win and then kind of lose some key players and then win again right away is is, is a good is a good farm system and the predators don't necessarily have that
0: well um, they don't have as many prospects of the right age is what you're saying
1: and that is low that, and that has enabled right and that is a, a reason why they've been able to Keep this window open for so long is because they've sacrificed the future kind of for the present. Now they right. have to start thinking about both, which is, you know, kind of what happens when when you go through this. But yeah, you have to be able to identify young talent. You have to be able to find, you have to have an Ellie and end up being a superstar for you at a 30th overall pick. I mean, you you, you have to get lucky like that. Um, you have to get lucky in trades. You know, they traded Subban for everybody thought a, a bag of pucks. Now they're Jeremy Davies, who's, and it goes sent to the HL, and, and Santini could be. Two guys who who are with this franchise for a while, who contribute, who you know, and, and you can't you can't you can't just dismiss that. So you know, the time will only tell. But with hockey, it takes so long, if sometimes, to, for it to show itself, and people just don't have the patience for it.
0: Well, that is it for this edition of Catfish Corner, where we will be talking Predators hockey all season. Uh, So this kicks it off. I am Tommy Dees uh, saying goodbye for Paul Skurbina. You can download this at uh, all the places where you find your favorite podcasts. We uh, would like to see you subscribe to it because we'll be coming back all year. And you can subscribe to Tennessean.com to read Paul's coverage of the uh, Predators.